Alright, so it's the same settings as it was on last time. Um, pee pee poo poo. Pee pee poo poo. In my shoe shoe. Why in your shoe? Um, because I was sad. That's disgusting. Mm. Huh. I did it in my left shoe, not my right shoe, so don't worry. My iconic that might cost more than a ton. Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. So, welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. Uh, I am joined by Colin today. Hello. My name is Spencer. So, it is just the two of us uh, this week. We did receive some very tragic news uh, this afternoon. Um, turns out, Jacob was found um, in a, a couple of different places um, and pieces. A little bloody. So, he's no longer with us. Uh, so rest in peace, Jacob. Uh, moment of silence. So, uh, in honor of the third nude news dude, we will jump uh, right into the news. Uh, Venom: Let There Be Carnage has been moved forward and will now be released on October first. Don't give a shit. Yeah, um, it's been rumored that the movie's ninety minutes, like the first one. Also, don't really care. Don't give a shit. Yeah, it's not looking great. It's pretty short. I mean, I feel to, like most movies are just like actually like a full on hour uh, and a half. Most like average drama movies, yeah, they're like an hour and a half to maybe two. But now superhero movies in particular have gone to like two and a half plus. And I know. Usually I'm on board with it, but sometimes it's like, you know... Well, I'm we glad know. Venom isn't two hours. Considering how rough it's probably going to be, yeah. Maybe if it was written correctly and properly, it would be two hours. But since it's shitty, thank God it's 90. That's yes. a red one! Fuck off. We got our first trailer for DC's animated Injustice movie, which is coming to disc and digital October 19th, 2021. Trailer didn't look half bad. Didn't look bad. I uh, it looks like it's not connected to this rebooted animated movie universe, Thank which God. is kind of cool. Thank God. I've been enjoying all of those. Well, but no, it uh, is nice it's just that they're doing something separate. It doesn't need to be connected. Yes. like this is such as just like let it be its own thing. Yeah, it looks like it's being partially based on um, the the year zero and the year one comics, which is pretty cool. You know, add some meat and potatoes to the bones sure. of the game. It's not like the game had that much story to it. No, I did like the last little note of the trailer, like ha. Superman's gonna do the thing. You know he's gonna do the thing, and then it just ends. He does uh, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know he's gonna do the thing where he's like, Grr! yeah, yeah. Kind of nice. It's pretty cool. Fan service. Sure. Nice. Uh, the first trailer for The Matrix Revolutions has been released. Uh, the film is coming to cinemas and HBO Max on December twenty second. I am stupidly excited for this. Um, I remember watching The Matrix like the first one. And I've seen some scenes from the second one and the third one growing up, and like just seeing, just pass, passing by while while my dad's watching in the living room. But I never really got into it, so it, it's cool. It looks cool. I'm not totally excited for it, but maybe I will if I watch those movies over again. I've heard that two and three is rough, but I've seen the the um, the arguments between uh, between the two. But whatever, I'll check it out. Yeah, the, the original is an absolute masterpiece. And then um, <sighs> Reloaded and Revolutions are, yeah, rough is a good way to put it. They had a lot of really good ideas, but due to like the way that they were made back to back without a lot of feedback and mm -hmm. some other rough like structure problems, uh, they're not amazing. 
but uh, there's been a little bit of a resurgence in the past couple of years on on uh, re revisiting those two movies with a bit of a, a better light, um, in particular due to the um, uh, original directors and writers coming out and, and being like, yep, it was pretty clearly a trans allegory that we weren't talking about publicly at the time, and that, that kind of refreshed the discourse on it. And I that- heard about that, and I didn't even know that that that's what that was how and what where how is that an allegory i don't understand we'll have this conversation a later long conversation we'll have this conversation later um uh moving on playstation and insomniac games released an announcement teaser for wolverine game coming exclusively to playstation 5 nice considering insomniac is one of the only uh video game publishers to actually not publishers um developers to actually do a good superhero game in the past few years i'm looking forward to it won't play it because i don't have a playstation 5 same um at this rate it looks like nobody's getting a playstation 5 yep uh playstation and insomniac games also released the first teaser for spider-man 2 coming in 2023 exclusively to playstation 5 now this thing got me excited because i have played all the way through spider-man for ps4 which is an amazing How'd game. How'd you do that? I borrowed someone's PlayStation. <laughs> That's so strange to me. Well, considering it's a single-player game, and it, it is open world, so there's a well, lot of content. Well, yeah. But, but it's not like... We're not talking... Um, whose name I'm going to edit out because they're a rape company. Yep. Um, but, like, you know, we're not talking a bloatware game. Yeah. Like, it, it is a phenomenal game. Um, well, yeah. No, I've seen game... game uh, I've seen walkthroughs. Yeah, it's freaking amazing. Uh, it looks like this is look a technologically the um, footage was uh, real time rendered, so it's rendered yep. in engine. Obviously, it's not uh, it's not a, like a pre created trailer. Yep, yep. Look pretty cool. They fixed one of the problems with Spider Man's suit that's always bothered me is that, that it's orangey red. Right. Yeah. Which was obviously an intentional choice, but it seems like most people are like that's kind of weird. So they fixed that. The tech upgrade looks really cool. I feel like and that's been also- you been used before unintentionally like that's been a color for spider-man like comic wise unintentionally it's it's definitely happened um but people just didn't really like it too much they like the crimson yeah and then i I haven't played uh miles morales but that also got just about as good reviews as the first game yeah because spider cat was awesome also true um so i'm looking forward to spider-man the cat yes (laughs) i'm looking forward to this uh and then it looks like it's primarily going to be craven and venom so count me doubly down so I don't, I'm annoyed with it because what it looks like to me is that they are introducing a co-op game, but from sources, I've heard that it's not that at all. That is correct. That was verified. And that is a little disappointing um, because- Do you know how many people would have loved to do that? Oh, me. Me too. I would have, I would have scoured the earth for PlayStation PlayStation 5. Yeah. It looks like it might be more of a, as as they're pretty clear, they're not going to like turn it into a co-op game. I think it's going to be like a- I don't remember the, the the like the name for the subgenre, but you can like tap in and out as different characters. And like, yeah. there was a Spider-Man game that did that. It wasn't great. I think it was like friend or foe or whatever yeah. that came out ages ago. You could tap in and out as different characters. And, or it was like you know, they uh, have different play styles and stuff. Web Shadow of the Web or something like web that. Web Shadows. That was really web good. Shadows, that one yeah. was actually really good. Um, that's what introduced me to like multiverse of Spider-Man. Nice. That's actually, that's what introduced me to Twenty Ninety Nine. Not that. Yes. That. Yes. Um, so I think they might be aiming for something like that because they've developed both characters as like their own Spider-Man, but now they were both in the same game, seemingly equally. Like they even gave Peter Parker an upgrade so he yeah. can like match Miles in terms of power set. They, yeah, because uh, what I like as as it is, it's like older brother, younger brother. Yes, I like that. It's a good dynamic. It's it. I liked how 
Um, it, it didn't seem to try to push stupidly hard mentor role, but yeah. it, it's like the natural. It's just like, hey, I've mentor. been doing this a little longer than you. Yeah, let me show you some stuff. But yeah, like, I'm just, not going like, yeah, to. Yeah, let me show you some stuff, bud. Yeah, I'm not going to like stick a training helmet on you and then like turn on the pro the the uh, training droid yeah. and then tell you some really vague force shit. It's like, nah, I'm just going to like give you some gadgets and we'll go fuck around. Yeah, we'll do stuff together. Yeah. Um. So that's cool. Marvel Studios announced four more dates for movies to be released in 2024. Titles have yet to be announced. Um, so we have February 16th, May 3rd, July 26th, and November 8th. So the movies that we already have that do have dates uh, is Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, Wakanda Forever, The Marvels, uh, Quantumania, and Guardians Volume 3. So that leaves... Um, Wait, hold on. Yes. So that leaves, in total, five movies coming out in that year. Holy crap. Um, and that leaves a couple of projects that don't have release dates. Um, I'm, a, I'm pretty confident one of those is going to be Blade and the other one's going to be Fantastic Four because those two have been okay. announced that they're in production or early pre-production, but they don't have release dates yet. Yeah. No uh, clue what the other ones are. Nah. Uh, Probably another Spider-Man movie. <laughs> bleh. If we're being honest. Bleh. 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 Cool. I hate it when they release, they'd like say, we're going to have four more movies out. It's like, that's great. What are they? Like, yeah. I don't like the vague, we've told you what movies are coming and what dates they I don't are, care. but just not give me Moon which Knight. ones are which. I don't care. Just give me Moon Knight. I believe Moon Knight's coming out early next year. I don't remember if it's late this year or early next year, because the next show that's going to be coming out is going to be uh hawkeye and miss marvel and those two don't have release dates but they're rumored to be the, like end of this year which would be great because it's been a little bit since loki meaning like six weeks <laughs> give me moon knight right now i agree moon knight need oh yeah it it gives me very much daredevil vibes oh yeah but and i've been missing daredevil really badly well apparently wilson fisk is rumored to be in the hawkeye show which would be fucking sick strange but at least Yo, we'll that's coming out next year. Fuck you. So, moving on. Would you like to jump into uh, the... What ifs? Yes, the what ifs. Yeah. The, the fifth what ifs. So, this Zombies. What, yeah. It's basically just what if zombies. That's what literally if... literally the title. What if Infinity War... But zombies. Yeah. That the, Literally the title is what if zombies, which I thought was kind of fun. Huh. I like that. Um... I like this more than the actual Marvel Zombies books. Um, I Those are very simultaneously fun and goofy, but they're really nihilistic in terms of, like, philosophy behind yeah. it. They're very depressing to read yeah. versus, like, a deceased, which freaking Lord and King Tom Kaler yeah, yeah. absolutely knocked out of the park. Those are really hopeful books, even though they're really gross. Yeah. So this is um, cool. I don't really like zombie things because everyone... Immediately, when there's a zombie apocalypse, every single character becomes so fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, so dense. They gotta walk around with that juicy like, dick dumper, though. <sighs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> they... I I called everything that was going to happen. Like, I literally called everything that was about to happen. And it was so annoying. It's like, you need to... Wasp, go smaller so you don't become a problem for them. Holy shit. See... Yeah, the only thing, the only twist that I didn't call 
was the Vision and like Wanda one at the end. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. I was surprised. Once I once I saw Vision and then he was acting mildly weird, I'm like, okay, I know what's going on now because we have to continuously allude to the fact that Wanda is like uber strong and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I figured that's where it would go. Well, but like once we got there, I was like, this makes sense, especially after like reading Vision. Like yeah. the 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 da, 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 the trade yeah and i'm like this is something vision totally would do oh absolutely um vision's a psychotic sociopath at times yes i did like yeah there were some definitely some dumb choices for sure but like that was liked, a good one i liked the cast lineup on the whole um i did not like the random civilian he was obnoxious and didn't like that not well, a fan he's from uh i don't care that's an ant that's a man i wonder you don't like him that's the ant-man character yeah, i know yeah, I, I hate And that. I also hated Ant-Man in this fucking thing because well, yeah. Ant-Man is literally a walking meme and not in like, he's a walking meme. No, like literally nothing can be taken seriously and every line of dialogue has to be a joke and it's fucking obnoxious. Yep. But um, I thought this was really nice Spider-Man content. <sighs> the voice acting was fine. Um, the face looked a little on the old side, but... <laughs> the face looked nothing like him. See, you and do not have you... this fucking argument with me that like none of the characters look like them. Some every char- every character has the points of contact of the feature of yes. the of the actors. Yeah, that's fair. Every single one of them has the points of contact that that you your brain recognizes immediately. Yeah. If you don't have to, if you don't stare long enough. Yes, yeah, so like nose, cheekbones, like the bottom of the jaw. The yeah, the, yeah, the, big stuff. the the nose to eye ratio. Yeah. Is the biggest part of any recognition. Yeah, that's fair. And. The Tom Holland, what the, Spider-Man was not Tom Holland. He did look fine though, to be fair. It looked like a Peter Parker, but it just didn't look like Tom Holland. That's an, that's annoying to me. I, there might have been some sort of a legal thing with that. Maybe I'm not. I'm just speculating. Weird. On that one. Yeah, like, I wouldn't. Like I wouldn't. With I, the whole uh, Rise of Skywalker definitely like, uh, had to put Kylo Ren in a mask again yep. for legal things. Yep. Is something going on there? Yeah. Yeah. But I've seen that. Yeah. Like it's speculation. Obviously, I know nothing. But yep. um, that was kind of. Whatever. I don't know. Spider-Man the cape. Oh, I love that. He felt a little less... He was doing the same jokey joke, haha, movies, memes type deal, which sometimes gets a little on my nerves. I was okay with but that in this one because it, it made sense. I'm it like... felt like this is how he would cope in the apocalypse and be like, yeah, I'm just going to talk about zombie movies all the time. Well, yeah. it, it felt right. And he name dropped Uncle Ben. Can everyone shut the fuck up about Uncle Ben in the MCU now? Uh, Moving on. Happy was kind of cool. Blam, 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 blam. I just like John Favreau. He just yeah, seems like a John really Favreau. chill dude. He also kind of started all of this nonsense. So uh, yes. Um, blam, blam, blam. <laughs> I'm very confident that the overall villain of this series is going to be Zombie Thanos now, because I believe we have ten, maybe twelve episodes. I think I think it's confirmed to be ten, but I don't okay. remember. Um, and there's obviously some overriding narrative for all of this. Like there's going to be a meetup at the end mm-hmm. between different. Thing. So I think that's going to be the big, big old bad guy. I think the big old bad guy is going to be um, uh, Ultron Vision. Maybe? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It just... Oh, I want to point out something. We had the argument about the Mind Stone. Oh. They fucked up. I have a point on that. I agree on, on like, visual, because I hadn't noticed that. Effectively, you were like... Wait a minute, why is it when Vision busted the stone out of his own head and committed seppuku that it's small now? Because 
um, in Infinity War, when, you know, Thanos pulls the stone out of Vision's head, it gets bigger because, like, only the tip is pointing out. I hadn't noticed that because... Yeah, because it's, it's just the tip of the stone. Like, it's the alignment of Thanos' fingers, like, kind of covers most of it, and it's a fairly short shot. I hadn't noticed that, so props to you on noticing that detail. But I've only seen the movie once, too. Wow. I have a point of speculation on that. None of this really matters, but point sure. of speculation because... When the stone is broken out of Loki's scepter, it's small. So I'm thinking, mm. because there, I remember pre-Infinity War days, we were speculating on which w- what stone was going to fit like the big spot on the gauntlet, because all of them are equal except the one on like the back. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be the soul stone. I still think the soul stone makes more sense for that. But The my- soul stone does look a little bigger. Also, it's like oval. Yes, but they, they obviously they change shape all the time and whatever, depending on context. They can change their shape at will. So I'm thinking because that's the because it's shown at the end of this episode that Thanos already has zombie Thanos already has the other four stones, maybe there's some convoluted logic there to that's like the convenient. stone. I'm just saying maybe it's like well, yeah. oh well the stone is ready to be put into the gauntlet now, it's the correct size. I have no idea. None of it really matters, but Whatever. That was an interesting thing to notice because it did, yeah, it did look very small. It's like, oh, look at that tiny little yellow rock. I just did not like the inconsistency about yes. that. It's, it was nice hearing um, Chadwick Boseman again. It's mm. a very good voice. Had, yeah. Had, oof. I don't like saying that. That's sad. Shall we move on to the main topic? Yeah, sure. Let's go into the titties. The man titties. Oh, boy. So I'm 300 Rise of an Empire uh, is a 2014 American epic action film directed by Gnome Murrow, uh, written and produced by <sighs> Father, um, Zack Snyder. Yeah. Uh, it is a sequel to the 2006 film 300, taking place before, during, and after the main events of that film, and is loosely based on the Battle of Artemisium and the Battle of Salamis. Colin, what are your thoughts on this movie? Um... I really like this movie a lot. Like, I love the fake blood, and I love just the action. Um, and, of course, there's times where the background looks a little weird. Like, it's not just right, the regular Zack Snyder does fuzzy background because it's like comics. It, it, there were some pretty there some time, screen composites. There were some there. times where it was really rough. I'm like, mm, that's, not, that's not just your regular, like, touch. Yeah. That's literally messed up a little bit. But I love the blood. I love the action. Um... Very inspiring. So, I agree with you. I do really like this movie. But I think the best way to describe it is, was this movie worth it? Is making a sequel to that original movie worth the diminishing returns? Because one of the strongest, in in my opinion, the strongest point of 300, same thing with the original graphic novel, is it's a propaganda piece. It yep. is it is is constructed as a narrative really focused on a handful of people, their culture, and what all these things mean to them and how that's used. And it blah, was blah, blah, blah. still... But this movie gets a lot bigger in terms of time, characters, scale, and intensity. Yep. But it feels lesser. Yes. In, in the sense of, one, the culture we're primarily following being the Athenians is a lot less fascistic, um, but also it's not framed in as strong of a narrative sense as a piece of propaganda. So if you zoom out from that perspective, 
it kind of loses a lot of the fun, not the fun to it, but like the thematic no, appeal to it. I definitely enjoyed 300 a lot more. Yeah. Especially I, with the introduction of like, you know, you have the, a warrior's quest. It's literally the warrior's quest is training, fighting demons. Yeah. And like, yeah, the I mean, mm, it just felt like that first movie was propaganda for a giant war. And then this one was literally propaganda from the queen for a war, and then we didn't get to see the finishing of the war. Yeah, I think it tries to get similar vibes, but because of the nat, like the in canon, you know, in lore differences between the cultures, you can't do the same thing twice. And yeah. in film, you can't do the same thing twice. It's not going to work, mm. especially if it's a direct sequel or uh, another uh, continuation of the series. It's or never gonna. You? It's never exactly. It's never gonna have the same impact in the same way. Yeah. And I think this movie does everything more, and because it does everything more in a shorter um, screen time, as a shorter runtime as well. Yeah. It doesn't do anything anywhere near as well, and that's mm -hmm. not because it's bad. I still think it's a it's a pretty solid movie, but like the 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 themes of like how do the um, how do these battles and like the the victories and in quotation victories and like the sacrifices how does that inspire or whatever the other um factions or the people but in this we're following um the athenians who are mostly like normal people i mean they still have a shit ton of cgi abs but like they're they're merchants and potters and whatever and like that's cool it's interesting i think it's shown in um the main lead whose name i'm not even going to try to pronounce because I'm tired. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, his leadership style is obviously extremely different than how the Spartans run. Yeah, because how the, Sp uh, the Spartan leader, the king, Leonidas, his was very reserved. He was a very reserved, like, almost father-leader figure, where with, um, I can't remember his name, uh, Blue Cape, <laughs> we got um, a very, you are, bro not almost brother almost like it was a brother like he'll show you his weakness he'll show you blah 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 where when with leonidas we were shown no weakness it was strength to the end right and i think i think that's something that's really interesting not necessarily what the film was intending to do mm -hmm. but like a discussion wise of leonidas if you compare xerxes and leonidas and and blue cape guy um leonidas has way more in common with xerxes than he does with blue cape guy in terms of his his demeanor and his form of leadership, they're they're not the same. But in terms of the because Xerxes is a witness, while exactly. Leonidas is there. right. So they have a lot of contrast there, right? He you know he's leading from the front lines, all that fun stuff. Yeah, but he does not um, offer a lot of con uh, consolation to his troops. He has to because he is a a Spartan and B he is the king. He needs to present as infinitely more. Uh, strong and reserved than he probably actually is on the inside. We get very few moments of um, anything other than rage and raging testosterone. Mm -hmm. um, versus with Blue Cape Guy, he feels almost like a normal guy. Like yeah. he, even though he is, he's a, a career. He's, he's he, a career soldier, but he feels he more feels like, like a normal captain. Yeah, he feels like a person. Yeah. Versus Leonidas is a figure. He's, he's a, a symbol. Yeah. He's just insp inspiration. And I think that's the distinction, really. Like, that kind of symbolizes the distinction between the two movies. Because you follow Leonidas, the symbol, this yeah. almost god-king who's slain demons from the time of a child and blah, blah, blah. 
And then you have this normal dude who's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been with the military my whole life and I've never done anything different, but like he still feels like a person. And we get even less time with him because there's more characters and less screen time, but he feels more developed as a character. Mm-hmm. I just, I think it's interesting. There is no real definitive right or wrong. And I think that kind of extends to the uh, sexual themes of this uh, movie is interesting. I find, I found, there, we're clearly talking about one particular scene. Um, of course. I kind of mixed feelings on it as a scene in isolation. I actually think it works really well, like how it's made, what it functions as. It serves a narrative purpose in the scene, not just yeah. they fucked or they didn't fuck. That serves a narrative. But like the individual parts of the scene work to influence the narrative and how the, the, the conflict moves. But also, if you're going to make a direct sequel where the original movie only has forms of exploitation and rape, um, and then this movie also has other instances of rape, and then you have this whole scene with, like, normal-looking nudity, it feels kind of weird. Well, with the first movie, it wasn't just exploitation. We saw love between the king and his queen. Right. So, I don't... I. I can't. I just feel. I just feel weird about sex scenes in general. I'm not a prude. I agree. I'm not a prude, but I think this. Be careful with what you're trying to convey. Exactly. And I don't know. I don't feel like it was very careful or really very. It feels a little more sloppy. Yes. It it has a point. Like there, it's not just there to be there, but it could have been honed in on a little bit more. Yeah. I think the archetype of the woman who's been abused in all the ways and then becomes vengeful and stuff. It's interesting, but it's kind of trite, if we're being honest, because that's been done a thousand times, and it's not the best impression to leave. And I think that, in contrast to the primarily... I don't know. I think think this was not done amazing, but, like, considering the female characters that have had that... I feel like she was pretty good because she wasn't... So the thing is, that type of archetype can go two ways. It can go from being a villain or to a good guy where you're like, now, I, now I'm now i strong, blah, blah, blah. But it was good because she was full-on bad. She's like, yeah, everything I'm going to do is going to be for me. I made this god king so that I could basically take what take what I want, and she did. She, like, took what she wanted. Yeah. And this isn't a someone to aspire to be character. It is a someone to fear character. I agree, but I think that might get a bit more muddy when we have kind of long scenes of her kind of standing there looking cool and making cool speeches and being badass, but like... Because people want to be badass if they see badass. Exactly. I think it's that that really careful balance between um, glorification and exploration of like violence. Whereas you get like sure. th- the movies that stir up a lot of pop culture discourse of will this make people more violent? Blah blah blah. Whatever. You know. You get your Jokers. You get Three Hundred when it first came out was part of a lot of discourse. We're not getting cool. into the specifics of that, but the point being of does this encourage this sort of behavior or is it exploring it in a way that's supposed to make you uncomfortable and i felt like i was not uncomfortable where what you're saying is that it should make you feel uncomfortable exactly and i think okay that that's a gut feeling i'm not saying there's a a specific that's just you as a person as your moral judgment 
of how you feel about it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It just, it's just, a, it's not a, oh my gosh, it's so bad. It's just like, ah, why? Why would you make those choices go in that direction in, in such a way? I don't know. Um, the fun part of this was the fact that the the sequel book that this is half based on didn't come out until after this movie. Strange. So I am in the middle of reading it. We'll be talking about it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because we had the, the original book came out in 98. Mm-hmm. Then the original movie came out in 06. This movie came out in 2014 and apparently uh, Snyder and then the director had access to some parts of the book, like some storyboards and whatever. Wow. So uh, from my very surface level knowledge, it's like kind of accurate because, you know, it takes place before, during, after 300. It's bigger scale characters and whatever. Um, but then the movie came out and then the uh, sequel book came out, in, I believe, 2018. So it had multiple years after the movie came out to like be kind of inspired by the movie. Kind of similar to what Game of Thrones did with the books um, that, that George R. R. Martin is still writing. The show went beyond where the, the source material was, and now the source material seems to be influenced by the adaptation. It's weird. And once we're done with the book, I'm sure that'll come up as a point of discussion, but it seems something sure. to note, because I think that might have influenced the weaker script for this movie and kind of relying more on the action and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't have as much like to pull from. It's kind of we have vague ideas and characters and like plot points, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Weird. It's this, weird. These sorts of things kind of amuse me to no end. Uh, Abs. Yes. Blue capes. La- I like red capes better. I like both. I like how cartoonishly bright the blue capes are. Yes. It, it's very aesthetically pleasing. I like that we saw a little uh, back. Uh, origin background of Xerxes. I think that's a double-edged sword. <laughs> kind of like their spears, whereas it's like... Don't if you want ex- to get into it. Eh. I just wanted to say that I liked it. It's cool. Like, it's a cool backstory, I think. Yeah. And I think the use of, like, actual historical characters in this insanely fictionalized way is kind of cool. Yeah. Because, like, we're not talking two generations ago. Do not make some, like, weird sci-fi thing about MLK. Don't do that. But these pe- these people existed, like, <laughs> two, like 2,500 years ago. Yeah. Knock yourself out. Yeah, go for it. Go make Bible 2, is what I'm saying. I need Shut a se- the fuck I need a up. sequel adaptation of the Bible where S- Jesus has a Glock. Just saying. Stop. Don't even, don't even <laughs> joke about that. FBI, open up! Colin, what have you been up to? Uh, so, I recently watched The Green Knight. Oh, boy. I should, I haven't talked about it on here, so I'm going to need to be quiet. Yes, you are going to be a little bit quiet. We can discuss a little bit. Ooh. Ow. Oh, there it is. Okay. Strained my throat. So, The Green Knight, an A24 film, released June 30th of this year, directed, edited, and produced by David Lowry, Lowry or Lowry? I think I it's Lowry. Okay, I had I was having it right the first time. I tried it. Directed, edited, and produced by David Lowry. A Christmas epic based on the fourth-century poem Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, where a young prince goes on a quest to the Green Chapel to finish a game of beheading. During this journey, he faces trials of chivalry that test his morals, ethics, and courage meeting characters such as thieves who steal his horse and axe, a friendly fox, 
mystical giants, a ghost missing her sunken skull, and a mysterious hunter who lives in an outlandish mansion with an artful woman and their blindfolded servant. So, I was wildly excited to watch this movie because I've seen clips. I refuse to watch... I try to not watch trailers of, like, any movies anymore because I ru I almost I basically ruined that for Batman vs. Superman because I watched everything. Oh, uh, okay, those, so those so, later trailers were so, really rough. So it, was, it wasn't ruined. It's just I, I basically, once I got to the theaters, I literally saw everything. Yeah. So I got too much information. I got too much. So I tried to, like, stay away, and I did. Dude, and the like, Green Knight marketing was so reserved, too. I followed all of it. I was like, there's like one trailer and one TV spot. That's what it seemed like. And I just, but still, I, I stayed away. Um, <laughs> the, fuck, everything's phenomenal. From the visuals to the practical effects to the CGI, which the thing is, is some of the CGI is, it's a little, you can tell it's a little, mm, you can tell it's CGI, but like, it's, it's used properly, I feel like. It's, it's stuff it's, that'll it's, age well. Yeah, so it's like very A24, you know? Yeah. Very, um, and... I know that A24 doesn't make these films themselves, but A24 definitely does buy movies. Well, they acquire the weirdest They cool do shit. acquire movies that all look the same. A little bit. That in are the, like... In the good way, though. Yes. Th th what I mean is, like, they're all consistent. Yeah. So, in how, they're, in how they look and how they're made. And so I love the, uh, the, myst uh, the mysticism and the, the symmetry or, or the, uh, the symbolic... The symbolic nature of this whole film. It was very nice, and I loved... The crowns were so nice. I've ne I had never seen crowns like that. Really? Like, yeah, so crowns, I have, like, the like the, the holy symbol on the back of them. It's, like, all gold. I've never seen that before. Um, and I don't know if that's, like, has been in back when. And now, so I haven't... I haven't really read up much on this movie because I just really like thinking about it myself rather than knowing what's truly fact. But... I don't know who the king is. I just assumed that it was King Arthur. Okay, so I'm going to jump in here because I have to. Okay. I'm going to count this as one of mine, too, because we have to talk about it now. Okay, yeah, we're going to yes. both talk about so, it right now. Yes, it's King Arthur. It's talked, it, It's men, he's mentioned by name and his, his, yeah, yeah. his wife. It's, and it's very assumed. I feel, it, exactly. Because you come in the room and it's the round table. And I'm like, the, that's King Arthur. It's the round table. Yeah, so the thing about this is that it is somehow a kind of deconstructive yet reconstructive modern interpretation of an Arthurian legend mm -hmm. because that's the thing is you know how do you know how many King Arthur movies we've had so many because King Arthur is in the public domain mm -hmm. so we have a new movie every five years some of them are pretty good some of them aren't but they always follow that same hero's journey yeah, structure yeah, yeah. which is fine and but they kind of all have a somewhat similar like vibe to them and whatever versus you go to we're gonna do an Arthurian legend but it's his nephew, and it's based yeah. on another Arthurian tale. Um, in the original source material, Gowan was just one of the other knights at the table. But but he's not even a knight. Exactly, that's a cool thing. And I think I think that choice. So I have read the, the Sir Gowan and the Green Knight. I have multiple copies of it. I'm a nerd. Really, it's, I have. I don't have one. I need I to get one. Get it. Um, it's fucking awesome. I am a big old Arthurian legend nerd. Um, this of was kind of my thing before, like when I was a kid, like a tween, yeah, yeah, yeah. before I really got into Lord of the Rings. So like, it's kind of my deal. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that choice of we're going to make it essentially Arthurian legend light, but that way you have so much more to work with. You get the, yeah. the, the basic structure points. This is literally a hero's journey. The most basic storytelling, like structure. Yes. So it is, but it's, but it's like, he fails everything. 
Exactly. That's what I. He so, actually so, fucks up yeah, almost so, the entire movie. So, uh, just so everyone knows, before I went to go see this, uh, Spencer told me, just think about, just remember the, sh- the code of chivalry. And yes. so, like, I had a copy with me. <laughs> I literally had a copy oh with gosh. me. Just to mark down. I'm like, they're literally going down the list. They literally He's, went down literally the list. Literally, the first one is, he attacked an unarmed foe. Yes. Off of his horse. And... Everything. He fails every single rule of chivalry. Chivalry. He, like, is disrespectful to women. He does not... He cheats. Yeah, I loved the fact that each challenge, he still got a little better. Even though he failed all the way up until the last one. Because you had... Yeah, so at at first he attacked an an unarmed individual. Instead of, um, like, in the original source material, it's the point of, you know, I do this to you, we'll return in a year later, blah, blah, blah. Instead of giving him a smack on the cheek... And making it a game, he goes, I'm going to prove myself and I'm going to fucking behead you. Is that what happened he, in the poem? He snacked him? No. I, I mean, it, the it, the structure of like this sort of a game type deal is oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. That, okay, that's okay. That's not original to the movie. Okay. Um, well, yeah, have, I figured it not. Yeah. So instead of playing a game, he goes, I can prove myself because I'm a cocky little asshole. Because I am the nephew of Arthur. Yeah, and I have no real value to my life and whatever. And then he just beheads this dude and then because he thinks, oh, I behead him, he won't come back a year later. This game won't continue. I've yeah. won. You've literally done like, like the worst part of the game. Psych, bitch. I'm going to pick my own head up. Yeah. And dude. then so and then the next challenge is um, it's char- uh, charity or uh, like kindness. You know, the, the thief, the thief on the road, he instead of paying him for his advice, being nice to him, he's really dismissive of this. This poor little shit who's lower on the totem pole. But Gowan's not royalty. Mm-hmm. He's vaguely related, but like he's not even a knight. So he like doesn't have like anything really. No, he like he he. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. What you're saying is like how how is he like seeing him so lowly? Exactly. He's like I'm on my horse. I have my stuff. I am on a quest. You little peasant, give me directions, and I will continue about my way. And it comes back to kick him in the ass. And then when it comes to um, oh, what is her name? The 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 ghost in the cabin. I can't remember, oh. but uh, she was the same chick uh, that played the redhead in. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't care about Aaron the character. Aaron Kellyman. Yes, yeah. that's the actress's name. But like, yes. Um, so he, at first, is like, you know, he's he's being nice about it. He's not being like weird and creepy towards her. Yeah. And then, but he's like, what'll you do for me if I do this favor for you? And she's like, bro, just be nice and go get my fucking head, you asshole. Yeah. And then dude. he does it, and then he gets rewarded for it, and, and like it continues with each. What each does he get rewarded? I by, forget. Um. The axes return to him. Right. So uh, yeah. And I love how each individual challenge. I'm not gonna go through the rest of them, but like each one, he gets closer to making the right choice. Yeah. Even up to the last, the the last one. He's the, trying. He's, he's trying. Yeah, he's trying to be Kurt. Even Kurt. at the end, uh, the uh, yeah, and the, I love that. It's an actual hero's journey, not. I made one stupid choice at the beginning, and now I will pay for it. It's continuous. Yeah. It's so good. The I poem love the, is really basic too. I love it's the not fox. that long. I love the fox. Oh. He, the fox wanted him to not go so badly. He's like, dude, you're my friend. Don't do this, please. I, the fox, I'm, so this is the cool thing is almost all this is up for, there is, a, as always with a, a movie like this, there's a quote unquote, like the directorial intent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I think the fox was another challenge. It was the, because you know what color all the surroundings were Yellow. at that moment? Yellow. Being a fucking coward. Oh, uh, is that out. what yellow means? Yeah, usually, like in into you know yellow yeah yellow billy lizard yellow right billy yeah yeah is he could have bailed out 
And then he goes, no, I'm going to fucking do this. I mean, yeah, he yelled at the fox, which was dumb. Um, but oh, I loved that. So what is your interpretation of like... What happened? The, the ending, the beginning, and then the mystical shit. What do you think happened? Because there's, like, I think, like, two... So it's so, so difficult because I want to watch it again. Oh, um, it's so good. It, it is one, have it's you only watched my... it once? Uh, yes. Oh, you should watch it again. I, I know, I need to. I'm going to. It's, um, I believe, available on streaming now. Yeah. I think what happened was... So that green belt thing... Yeah. We were shown that, like, a little charm was put inside the belt. Right. And so I think that charm was some type of... Um, mystical, like this this type of mystical artifact that was given to show to to help him do what is right or something like of that nature of like protection whatever. Yeah. However, however, it is given to him in what form of protection? Yeah. Was was him foreseeing his future? Yeah. If he did go back, and so that he was did such was a good what, and what he too. did yeah. Because I at first I was like, wait, did they flash did they just did did they just subvert the entire fucking thing? And I went, wait a minute, thematically this no, makes it's going no, so fast. Thematically, this makes no fucking sense yep. at all. And I went, uh, 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 oh. And then we go back, and he takes the belt, and and so, um, and so what we're see- seeing is like you know he whenever whenever you see him, he has the belt. He has the belt. He doesn't take the belt off during intercourse. He doesn't take the belt. <laughs> the belt stays on. I made I made that joke during uh, uh, the watching of like three hundred yeah. rise of three hundred um, <laughs> rise of an empire and um, he never takes the belt off never ever he has a child the child's taken away from his like lover it's literally in that moment that they like have a child and it's like she's taken from her and she doesn't even know that like yeah we're not together anymore yeah. I just used you as to have that a child was so but bad. even that but that that I found that strange because in regular like. You know, back then times was you had a child with with uh, you know just a just a random woman. You didn't care about the child. It was nothing. Bastard child. Yeah. But he still kept the child. And yeah. Uh, then we saw saw uh, him in the war room. Legacy. Yeah, something like that. Kind so, of one of the one of the major themes. Yeah. So uh, war room, and then he finds a new bride. Gets undressed by their servants, which really fucked. Um, Surprisingly enough, that shit was fairly normal. Yeah. Point. Fucked. Weird stuff. Yeah. And so then we then we see more stuff. War, brewing, what have you. And then eventually he takes off his belt and his head falls off. And I was like, whoa. And so then we see him. Boom. He's back there in the green chapel. Yes. Before he allows the green knight to chop his head off, he takes off his green belt and he says he's ready. Yes. So, I, and then the green knight says, like, basically it's like, good. And then that's how it ends. So I have like two interpretations. It's either that belt was shown to him to be um, a protection to show him the future, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then afterwards, the Green Knight, instead of killing him, saw his courage and, you know, like whatever. You were going to let, you're going to let me. Yeah. You can go now. Or the belt was like a curse being like, so that he come, come back to his mother in a cowardly fashion, mm. whether it be of him fulfilling the thing or cowardly fashion, just so his mother can have his child, can have her child or whatever. Do you know who that his mother is, right? Uh, no, but I'll get to that. Okay. Um, and so it's either it's a charm, and it, um, you came he, to he, two he conclusions took, I genuinely hadn't even thought of. 
Really? Yes. I will and tell you and so, so then he just, like, took the belt off or something like that. Yeah. So you tell me who she is, and then you get to your part. So her, she is named, um, you know, because it's mentioned, you know, she's a, she's a fucking witch. She's a, she's yeah, yeah, a, I know she's a she's witch. She's Morgana Le Fay. I don't know much about Arthurian legend. Head queen witch bitch lady. Um, depending on what interpretation of the legend, she's either good or bad. But she's like the head uh, magical lady. Oh, she's, so she's like Mother Reverend. Something like that, sure. Yeah. Um, usually she's not directly related to Arthur himself. Yeah. Um, but apparently that's his sister. Which, but that's cool. Which is fine. Oh, like it's cool. That. Um, I like how like she's like kind of brought into like it's like she's part of like the the um how like Camelot's like structure. I like she's that part of effectively effectively the government. Yeah. Um. So we see her doing some spell shenanigans uh, at the beginning of this movie, you know, during like the opening and whatever, and then you know she she makes him the belt. She gives him the belt. Like this is fairly um the belt is part of that's like the main key to the original legend okay um and the ending is the effectively enchanted the, belt yeah the the belt is effectively the same um but not like the the weird flash forward thing okay not that but like the point uh, of he takes it off at the end the knight doesn't kill him um so there are two so the knight doesn't kill him in the yeah, original no he doesn't um, nice. there are two effectively two interpretations which kind of lead to the same point um with kind of like a third little spin-off idea so she uh, gave him a placebo. The belt is nothing. It's a belt. And that is the um. general... And I don't remember off the top of my head where the belt came from in the original legend. I think it came from one of his first stops. Or it was from the Green Knight himself. I think it might have been the Green Knight. I don't remember. Um, it's been a couple of years since I've read it. But the belt is him... That is his... Um, placebo effect. effect. Yeah, it's a placebo. It's him it's going. Security I will blanket. Be, exactly. He's going. The belt stays on during intercourse. It will keep me safe forever. And it's him learning to actually rely on himself instead of, you know, I am related to King Arthur. It's him learning to like create his own legacy to be his own actual hero. Yeah, rather of the story. than to uh, rather than to hang on uh, to other people's other accomplishments people's, and yeah. gifts. And so she puts. She does spell stuff. And it's, you know, the you know what color the magic is? The magic is green. Mm-hmm. The belt's also green. The knight is green. And then, you know, the knight comes in. Real spooky shit. I do have to say, this movie, fucking terrifying, but never scary. I yeah, love no, that. For this sure. movie is tense as all hell. Like, the whole time, butthole clenched. I'm expecting jump. No jump scares. Yeah. The entire time. But freaky. Really weird random stuff. Spook. There's lots of spooky imagery. It's very much me. But it's, exactly. It's, but it's never cheap. I love no. that. Anyways, um, but the Green Knight does his stuff, um, and then, um, so the, the, you go through all of the adventures and whatever, and the Huntsman, you get similar vibes off of those two, between the Huntsman and the Green Knight, you know, big, burly. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he gets the same, he got kind of the same, like, silhouette, kind of. Yeah. Um, so there's one interpretation that, like, he's effectively cosplaying, which I think in this movie, like, the movie version doesn't work because of how it like it's visually represented yeah um and then the mm, easier one is the the green knight is magic yeah obviously not just always magic it's no, yeah, his that's, that's mother what I, that's what his, i thought that's i totally forgot to say that i literally saw that and like because she made the letter yeah she made the letter so there's so there's, she summoned the green knight so there's either two there's two interpretations of that like through line she either did it 
as a loving mother to make her stupid man-child grow the fuck up, go on an adventure, which is in a vaguely kind of controlled environment. Not really, but like he probably won't die under effectively her direct control because the Green Knight at the end, when he leans down in that moment where like when, you know, yep. Gowan takes off the belt and then the knight kneels down in a different tone of voice and mo- uh, gives them a little smile and a yeah. wink. And it warm, it, it gave me big, big happy feels because it, it like, it felt like parental approval. You literally, you learned my son. Exactly. Or, or she's doing it for malicious purposes so she can kill off the remaining heirs and take the throne because Arthur's on his way out the door. Dude's dying. His wife is dying. They literally look like walking corpses the whole movie. Yeah. Like they're stupidly almost dead. I don't think it's that. I agree with you, but I'm saying that's one because her uh, intentions aren't made very clear by the movie. Yeah. And depending on which legends you read, she goes both ways. So the thing is, the reason why I think that I think that'd be super cheap if she if that's what it was because if you look visually and like how she's acting surface level. So here's how here's how story is. If a character shows something surface level and we're not shown any. Let me back up. So if. So if we're shown a certain perspective for the whole entire movie, like one person's perspective the entire time, right? and you take everything surface level, and you don't get any exposition or flashback from any other characters, surface level, surface level, surface level is real. Right. But if we get little, like, here's perspective from hero, here's perspective from bad guy, and then here's third party perspective, whatever, then you can be like... Uh, oh, I can take it from bad guys or good guys or third-party perspective of this could change. Where this exactly. is all surface level. If you have or given surface level, you need to take surface level. No, and I, so I, I, I so yeah. I believe that with everything that was shown to us visually and how she acted and tonally, it was just to teach him a lesson. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree yeah. because the, the And times... I think it would be cheap if it was just yeah. her taking the crown. That's stupid. No, I, I do agree. It's just a matter of the only times where it feels like malicious or like evil are the time when it's the magic itself. When the queen gets possessed to just deliver the fucking message, which was terrifying, admittedly. That was sick. That was fucking really cool imagery. Um, that... Or, like, the original spell-making of the letter was kind of creepy. And, like, certain moments, but it's the magic. It's it's the moments away from her. She is only shown in a yeah. positive light, uh, you know, over her son's shoulder, um, writing a letter, whatever, and, you yeah. know, in the end. And she stays through him even in his, like, hypothetical flash-forward. She's still there. It, she, it, the only time where it's, like... This could be evil is like when you're watching from what feels like a scared little boy watching fucking weird magic shit. Yeah. So the thing is, I think if so, if you if someone just goes off of, well, the magic looks dark, look at any any. So we're only shown magic from a dark lens to this entire movie. We're not shown any like lighter tone magic. None of it. Mm -hmm. The only lighter tone magic is just the science that was used that we don't. So the thing is. In this universe, and probably real world, magic is just dark looking no matter what. Yeah, it's perspective. Because whatever is scary, or whatever you don't understand, is scary. Exactly. And whatever is unknown is scary, and whatever is scary must be bad, right? Right. That's I how mean, our brains I work. Mean, same exact thing, to follow through back to the movie being like really on edge. Like When I was watching this, there were moments where I'm like, I'm going to look towards the edge of the screen, because I think there's something coming that's going to like give me a good jump. Because, you know, I'm very jumpy. I don't get like 
deeply unsettled, but I'm very jumpy. I twitch. You are jumpy. I flinch at stuff. Jump scares fucking kill me. Like, shit like that. That's the only thing that really scares me is jump scares. Like, they don't, like, deeply unsettled, but it's like, I just don't like this type of whatever. So I, I anticipate those things. It's scary because you don't know what's going on. What? Yeah. So, um, the magic that it's always shown as being spooky it's never it's not uh, it's not known and like though like i said it's kind of tense throughout the whole movie there's yeah, some yeah. scenes that are set up really creepily with the house and the bed and whatever and almost all of them are revealed to be good things yeah or like neutral like he wakes up and then he's like in this ghost house and the ghost is like bro you're in my bed asshole mm-hmm. which was funny you know he offers to leave like a good gentleman like yeah, a good so he, was, he was actually doing a good thing right there right and yeah until he decided to be weird about it um but like oh. it's fine he gets the, he gets something returned to him you know the next he's being offered refuge in this guy's house like there are good things they're just presented in a way of the unknown and i think that's such a really cool way to like tie it all together because like I can't call it a thriller movie. I can't call it a horror movie because it's not. But it's got some like horror inspired like vibes to it. It's like gothic. It's a gothic fantasy. I think would be a good way to put it. Sure. It's something oh. that we don't see a lot of. Anymore. Oh, back to what you're saying about the the man in the woods being like basically just cosplaying as the Green Knight. Um, it does make sense because he also did the whatever you you take and you'll give back to me in return. That's where that whole that, thing that's, came from. That is all strange. Because he also is like, like he like he was gonna get a kiss from uh he like he kissed he kissed Gowan which was strange. Um, I thought but, I really liked that because it but still he never shows. but he never got a kiss. Well, he did get a kiss, and then he got a handy. Ah, so and he was gonna was give him a handy. Thing. But that's the thing is he's still being dishonest about it. A he failed at sustaining his honor. He mm-hmm. didn't have sex with her, but he got pretty fucking close. And then he bailed. And then the huntsman's like, yo, dude, you said you were going to return to me. You know, you, you get anything in my house? And then he only gives him the kiss because, I mean, A, gay, but also like he's being dishonest that he almost had sex with this dude's wife. Mm-hmm. He's still that's lying. That's his wife? Yes. That's, that's oh. yeah. He's still lying about it and being dishonest. And I, I like how that, like I said, it gets better each time he tries something. It gets a little better, but he's still failing right up until the end. Yeah. Two thousand years later. I would need to watch it again. I've watched it three times, and I think I'm a little iffy. I've watched it once, so... Anyways, moving on. The movie was fantastic, and I'm glad I had this conversation with this you. This is my we movie need to watch of the year it together. So. Yes, this is my movie of the year so far. Oh, same, dude. There's been there have been a lot of really good movies I talk this about this constantly. Yes. I have just missed... It's inspired me, actually. Nice. I've missed medieval fantasy. Because it's like one of those things where it's never been huge, um, and because obviously Lord of the Rings has kind of made it so you can't, like, you have to either be better or be different. You can't do, like, effectively the same thing. Yo. It discourages, like, fantasy from being made. You effectively can't have travel the movie three three times. Uh, sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to piss you off. You're making my brain hurt. I know. I'm, yeah. trying, I'm just trying to piss you off. I know it's not. And that. I just I liked that this felt so different. It felt like. This is a fantasy movie. And then it's like, wait, where's the action? I don't care that there's no action. This is gripping. This is like yeah, a character. Yeah, I literally this don't care. This is a character that there's... piece. It's still tense. Dude, I watched this with two other people. Ooh. And literally, I was like, hey, do you want me to pause this? And they're like, no, it's okay. And I'm like, I will never watch a movie with you ever again now. Oof. I hate, if the, you I hate do those not, types of people. If you're watching a movie neither of you seen, 
you pause every moment that yeah, you Yeah, unless need. it's like clearly like, a, okay, we're just kind of throwing this on, it's really shitty. That's yes, but different. if you've seen it, yeah. if you have not seen it, you want, you pause it. Of course. You're supposed and to enjoy the experience. Yes, this is an experience. And I don't like watching movies with people that don't, they just see movies as movies. They literally don't see it as anything other than like a surface level thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm so into movies and shows. And this movie in particular is the one of the most like perfect definitions of like film as art. Like this is yes. a insanely layered, like, yeah, if you just watch it, you can just vibe for two hours. Of course. But like you're doing yourself a disservice by only viewing it as that. So good. Uh, they got so confused by the movie. Nice. I love when people get confused. And, and I'm literally like, the, I'm like, I understand. I have almost half of this stuff. Almost half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moving yes. on though. Um, um, so we can flip a coin on who wants to go next. And I feel like it should be our last points. Yes, it is. Because that is how the numbered system works. So Friendo. since you and I shared that rock, paper, scissors, PB slaps, Yes. Okay. Ready? What the fuck was that? PB slaps. Fuck off. Oh. I don't have this. I don't have this written down, but I will talk about it briefly. Ooh. And I just got Ooh. back into reading regular books, and nice. I picked up a book written by Frank Herbert named Dune. Oh, I'm so proud of you for A, picking up a normal book, and B, picking up one of sci-fi's best classics ever. I went into Barnes & Noble looking for anything. I was actually going to pick up a book just about, like, about an artist. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've seen books like that, and I was going to try to find the Jack Kirby one. And, but, I, I, every time I go past a Dune book, I look at it. Mm -hmm. I don't look inside, I look at the cover, I'm like... You can hear it whispering in your It's ear. literally calling me every single time. It's going, I am one of the best books ever written. Li I am a modern classic. Literally. And I am sexy. Open I me am up, sex. big boy. So what happened was, I've been so discouraged to read this because uh, people on the internet are like, oh, what's it about? Oh, I don't know. Do you like it? Uh, I don't know. What's going on in the story? Uh, I don't know. It's like they, it, they don't know what's going on. That's really weird because it's... I don't understand because it is very easy to follow. Yeah, in terms of, like, um, it's regarded by uh, academia and whatever. Like, like the general, like, book-going populace is, like, one of the first modern sci-fi fantasy That's books. easy to follow. Because in terms of I, how I, it's I've written, started. like, style-wise, yes. it's written from... I don't even remember how long ago, but it feels like something that could have been written today. Yes, so the the annoying part is, is I've read so many sci-fis or, like, whatever, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. This thing has a, an appendix. It has an index. It has a dictionary. It has all the things you need to understand it. You don't need to go anywhere else except for this book. Mm. And... I'm six chapters in. Nice. I am about... It's like maybe 25%, I think. I am about 66 pages in. Wow. Maybe like four, five chapters in. And this book's phenomenal. Every scene I can retain. It's, uh, this is a political drama book about a family who is very close... Uh, uh, very... Uh, close to almost becoming, like, bankrupt in their ruling. They're, like, a part of the system of families that are, like, just the big heads of the universe mm -hmm. is what I'm taking it as. And the father's basically losing rule of a planet he hasn't even come to 
uh, come to yet. And it's the planet Arrakis, and its people are, like, deadly. And in the beginning of these chapters, what I'm being shown is uh, I'm being introduced to Paul and his many teachers and him being tested and being warned of the planet they're going to, that it is no game. And the first chapter is phenomenal because I am introduced to the Reverend Mother who taught Paul's um, mother of this kind of witch cult is what I'm be what I'm presuming it to be. Yeah, accurate um, description. And she's testing him, and she gave him a test they only give to, like, women, and she amped it up, and she's like, no other person has passed it. What the fuck? Yeah. And the mother um, is basically... Well, uh, to ha- she was in hopes of having this, like, the one character be her son, and she was told to have a female child, which was funny to me, because I'm like, what do you mean? You can't just, like, decide this. And b- keep while I keep reading, I'm like, wait, can they, like, genetically modify, like, design, like, have how, like, uh, yes. th- they can, basically, the bare, the bare minimum, the most that they can do is decide if they want to have a have a male or female because she because we're shown through someone else's lenses that Paul is small and then the mother's like yes um, the, uh, the, the 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 children the his kind from his father and the uh, predecessors of him that's how that's how they are growing up they Meaning, will, they will get bigger in time his genetics are fucked. But not from my side. No, 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 of no. His his genetics are just slow. They're yeah. just they're just late bloomers. I can't <laughs> late bloomer. I can kind of great way to put it. I can kind of relate. So. Colin, you just haven't hit second puberty yet. I I hope I get tall. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I'm a hobbit boy. Look at me. Yeah, I have my hobbit feet out. I have while reading this book out in my backyard. Nice. This is a fantastic read. It is. It's. I don't like politicals. I don't like anything political for the most part. But this sci-fi political drama is fantastic. The imagery is, it's colorful, but it's dim at the same time. Because I imagine the castles of uh, Caladian. I'm butchering every single name because I'm new to this whole universe. It's okay. So, like, the castles of Caladian are just, like, these dark black stone buildings and every room is just dark. And, I like how But, it- like, with, like, blue, almost, like, blue lit lighting in the corners of the rooms and it's it's fantastic so we also got a got a scene from like what seems to be a bad guy and he's just a fat fuck like we get we just hear him uh the words are like he touches his lips as he's hungering for some food as he looks at his nephew it's like this dude's fucked and I and I and I've been like writing notes and highlighting things that I like and I wrote right next to that I'm like fat fuck I think the the really cool thing about, like, the, the technology in particular is it feels like they have all these really cool, fantastical pieces of tech that are, like, normal to their everyday life, and they become so ingrained to, like, how they operate. It's, like, it's dingy lit. It's, like, whatever. It just, it's a thing. Get yeah, yes. We've, like, everything... We've had this for generations. It's, whatever. like, everything has their names. Everything has their own names, and I like that. It's, like, we have like TVs that. now. We're, like, yeah, it's a fucking TV. Big it's a television, deal. whatever. Yeah, we've had TVs for, like, eight years or whatever, like... Yeah, there's been a bajillion different types of TVs, but everyone has a TV now. Yeah. And we're all like, yeah, it's, it's my TV, whatever. You don't think about, this person has a TV in their home. It's like, no shit. Everyone, basically, yeah. everyone has a TV. Yeah. 
it, and I love that like vibe. It yeah. feels really lived in, which is kind of an overused term for like I, no, sci-fi. I, I, I like that because everything does feel lived in in this in a book. So that's yes, that term can be like overused in but like, movies accurate. and whatever. But in a book, in yeah. a book, I'm reading a fucking book. Yes. This book also, it's like one. It's a thicker one, so it's thick not ass like boy. I actually like the short, small, thick ones because they remind me of me. But <laughs> not just that. It does look like you. It does look like me, but it's it's just I don't know. I like it. It feels good in my hands, and also it was cheaper. Yes, it was cheaper than the regular size. I was like, why? This one looks so much better. You know what? I'm not complaining. I'm getting the fucking thick ass book. Yes. So, fun fact about that, um, which uh, he is uh, not with us to talk about anymore, which is really sad. I shouldn't be laughing. Um, I read Dune, I, Dune is one of, was one of Jacob's like favorite books. I know. Um, what real? I think that's what really pushed me to get this. Was he, he has he, talked he, about he it? He was. He did yeah. talk to me about it, and I was like, mm, I don't know. And I was, I was, I would kept saying to him like, you know, because I keep seeing the Dune trailers and whatever. I'll, I'll check it out sometime. I never got to really check it out, but uh, after hearing that, uh, what happens? Um, I think I felt like I needed to pick it up. I think what we need to do is go watch Dune when it comes out, mm-hmm. and then we'll have his funeral service. Yes, like that is like the the spiritual bonding we have with his soul left behind or whatever. Like that's what we do, and and then we have the stupid service. I I, I think, think Jacob would want us to go watch Dune in IMAX. In I October think it would be it a dishonor out. if we didn't. That is true. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Yeah, um, I don't really know who publishes it, like Ace or whatever. It doesn't like, matter. I, I literally don't give a shit. But most this books are Frank, published by a fuck ton of different. Uh, Dune, Frank Herbert. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm, I, I am, I am murder. I am abusing, using and abusing this book. That's uh, just like we I, I used to abuse you. Of course, I used to have a thing where I was like, no, I can only have hardcovers. But then I was introduced to the ways of the potential of. Um, Paperback, which is literally use and abuse, and you will never feel guilty about it. Yes, that is how, when it comes to the way I use my books, is like if it's a first time read, like something most likely that I haven't either cared for or like whatever, I will get a paperback copy, something cheap, I'll take notes, I'll enjoy it, and then if I enjoyed it enough, then I'll get a hardcover, and then on repeat read, I, I read the hardcover. It's nice, I'll take yeah. it because I've read it before. But when that first time you read a book, and then it just reaches all the way up, and it just squeezes your heart, and you're like, I need to bring this everywhere yeah. right now. That's what I've been That's doing. That's what the paperback is for. I bring that to you work. you can throw that in your work bag. Yeah, you can throw yeah. it in your work bag. You can throw it around. You can take notes in it, and you get just pulled into it. And then the hardcover is like something you give on loan to someone, and you put it on the shelf, and you're like... I'm going to read this again for nostalgia's sake, like once a year. That's when you pull out the hardcovers. Yeah. There's a purpose to these things. Of course. There is a purpose. This is why every comic book and book needs a paperback yes. first instead of a hardcover. Correct. Fucking White Knight. Just DC in general. Yeah. They, they, they like doing hardcovers and then six to 12 months later they release the paperback. And it's, it's like, so annoying. you tricked us into buying the hardcover that's more expensive. Fuck you. That's why I'm waiting for Earth One. Uh, Batman Earth One Volume Three to be paperback. It's not gonna. That one's not gonna happen. They've Fuck. they've stopped publishing um, those in. Those ones are only in hardcover. Um, really? Everything that's come out since, I believe, because they've all been released in hardcover. The last paperback I believe was Wonder Woman Two. I that's think. so dumb. Both of the the two most recent books. So we have the the past four that got released was yep. Wonder Woman Three, Batman Three, and then the two Green Lantern books. Mm-hmm. 
uh, none of those have been released in paperback. Fuck! The, so the Green Lantern ones are exclusive in hardcover. That's yeah. why I jumped and went, fuck it, get the hardcover ones. Sure. sure. They are nice hardcovers. But, so I read a, a single issue this week, a nice little one-shot. Um, wow. Which I got really excited about when it was announced, which was Spider-Man Life Story Annual Number 1. So it's a, a brief follow-up to uh, Spider-Man Life Story, which was, I think, episode, like, 15? That was one of the first episodes we did, and that was a, that was a, that was a good podcast. For I, liked, one. I liked that one enough that I bought it. That is true. And I think Jacob, I, Jacob, if I remember correctly, either really didn't like it or really liked it. I can't remember. I don't think he liked it at all. Something like that. Uh, we'll have to look wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. He was like, yeah, this is a great intro Spider-Man book. And I'm like, bro, no. It's oh, a nostalgia yeah. book, but anyway. Yeah, definitely not. Yes, so this one um, takes place in a couple of different decades, but it, it follows outside of the main narrative of the, yeah, the like original book. Yeah, it the 60s. Uh, yeah, so instead of it being like, a, oh, crap, they should republish the book with this included. It's like, this is, is an, it's, its own little thing that's related. So it follows J. Jonah Jameson. Oh. Yeah. My boy, JJJ. It, so it follows him throughout multiple decades of, of Spider-Man shenanigans, mm-hmm. and it goes over how this man's life has gotten fucked over, not by Spider-Man, but his obsession with Spider-Man. Yeah, the fact dude, that, that he's is so always, him. So. The fact that he's always like, Spider-Man ruined my life because he saved my life, or he saved my son. Yeah. He's taking credit for everything. He's behind, and then it's the fact that, you know, he was the one who hired Scorpion to kill Spider-Man, and that had side effects and all this other stuff. So he ends up going to prison in this book. Oh, wow. Fairly early on. And then he spends decades reflecting on it. He writes a memoir, um, which you get little hints throughout. In the it, This is a one-shot. It's fairly short. Um, so you get little hints of, like, he's writing something or whatever. He bumps into Norman Osborn in prison. Uh, Nor- he gets kind of close to Norman. Norman ends up getting released, and then he dies, like, in the main story. Um, and then the end of this, when J.J., um, do you remember Gwen's clone, whose name I do not remember? Yeah. She ends up working in the prison. I didn't recognize her at first, I believe, because she dyed her hair. Um, okay. I read this like two weeks ago. Um, but like she, you, her name's there, and you're like, oh, wait, what? So then Spider-Man is in this, which is nice. Um, but she ends up working with all these like criminals and like tries to help them reform and stuff. Like She's like their therapist, essentially. Um, she doesn't turn into Harley Quinn or anything weird. So, like, she works there, and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I know you were friends with Norman before he passed, blah, blah, blah. She tries to convince JJJ that, like, dude, you're being a shithead. It's been, for like, 40 years. Your family is, like, all dead, and you're just clinging on because you hate Spider-Man and whatever. And then, uh, effectively, by the end, he gets released. Um, he has, like, a mech suit, and he kicks the ever-living shit out of Scorpion. Um, because Scorpion is, like, kind of what kicked off everything kind of going to hell. That's why he's in prison. Because yep. he hated Spider-Man enough to try to literally hire an assassin to frame him and then kill him. Yeah. Um, which is really fucked up. Yep. Um So he does that. He kicks the crap out of Scorpion, who's really old and bumping around in a mech suit, obviously. Um, and he, like, has his, like, hero moment. He's like, no, I'm going to stop what I started, like, decades ago. He dies... Like, he effectively, like, he either, he dies of, like, old age or, like, a heart attack or something. After, you know, he crawls out of this mech suit, like, I did it. He literally kills Scorpion. Wow. Um, he's like, you know, I did, I, I solved the problem I started, and then we get towards the end, uh, that copy of Gwen meets up with Peter Parker. This is, I think, in the 80s or 90s, so it's been a little while. Yeah. Something like that, whatever. It's towards the end of the, the main story. Um, and then she's like, yeah, no, he, he, they talked about JJ, um... The, the big kicker emotionally was the fact that when one of Peter Parker's love interests like dies and then he like calls JJ cause you know, it's his old boss, whatever JJ's in prison. And then instead of being like, Oh, my condolences, blah, blah, blah. I feel for you. Cause you know, like, they're kind of like friends. 
he just goes off on how much he hates Spider-Man and this is Spider-Man's fault. And he's like, JJ, you're fucking psychotic. And then like he leaves him in the dust forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this, this Gwen clones, like last thing she's like, yeah. And JJ did, did this and she hands it. It's this memoir. It's him. I don't remember the name of the book, but it's, it's one of those, you know, like tell all books, but like in the good way, it's like, this is, this was my relationship to Spider-Man and how it fucked my life up. It, like in the good sense, like this is me taking responsibility for my obsession mm-hmm. with feeling powerless and all this other fun stuff. And how my obsession with Spider-Man ruined my life and all these things I've tried to do over the years, those are all me. That's not Spider-Man, blah, 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 blah. So it, it, it oof. It's kind of hard to describe. It's pretty short. It's just, it was really nice. Good. Uh, it's Mark Bagley, so the illustrations are amazing. The writing was good. Um, I liked the fact that it was uh, smaller scale. I, you know, I've always moaned about large scale stuff. I like little more personal stories. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that JJ gets redemption because it depends on which version you like, obviously. Um, but JJ can either be like, ah, Darnold, good old J. Jonah Jameson being a dickhead. Or it's like, this dude should be in prison. This is fucking insane. Yes. And it depends on like what media version you're reading and like how old you are. If yeah. you're a kid, you're like, wow, he's crazy. Cool. Moving on. And then as you're an adult, you're like, he did What? And then they keep moving because, you know, Marvel never resets their timeline. So these things have always happened. It's insane. Yeah. And I like the fact that they openly acknowledge that. They go, this is not healthy. We're going to try to make him grow. And it feels really genuine and earned, even though it's only over, like, 20 pages. Really, really good little thing. Mm-hmm. Easily on par with the rest of the book. And because it has less time-hopping stuff and so many different characters, it feels a lot more cohesive. Yeah. Big I- win. One thing I do actually, no matter what, I do love Joe. Uh, I love Jameson. He's like my favorite, one of my favorite characters because of uh, the one moment in Spider-Man One. Yes. Uh, Sam Raimi, where uh, he's like, "Fuck Spider-Man," blah blah blah, and then Green Goblin comes in. and He's like, "Who takes pictures of Spider-Man?" And he immediately goes, "Oh, I don't know." Just he's like, uh, "Well, like." That the life is being drained out of him, pretty much. Like he's being choked to death. Yeah. And he's like, uh, "It just comes. It just comes in the in the mail. I don't know who the person is." And ominous. He's like, "You're a liar." He's like, "No, I don't know who it is." He's protecting Peter. Like he loves Peter. Yeah. It's not. Th- I don't feel like this is a person that like is like, "Yeah, I'm protecting a a young person." It's no. It's like I'm protecting my kid, or like I'm protecting my nephew. Yeah, that, that's how I see it. It's like I, I I'm protecting a child I care about. Yeah, and I mean, I love I mean that. even that you can kind of read as like either that or like you know. Literally just journalistic integrity. You don't talk about those things or whatever. But like, I don't. Think I think that. they're both valid in terms of he's a salvageable human being, even yeah. though he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. I yeah, just he's a great character. I love when stories use him a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't like when they use him as a, like a bad guy though. It depends. But it sounds like this one works. I think uh, yes, it uses the things that are like very like the first stuff that J. Jonah Jameson does. He essentially inspire inspires Peter to give up being Spider Man. Like. In mm-hmm. the back in the the Lee and Ditko era, like that's mm-hmm. mostly because JJ was talking mad shit on the radio mm-hmm. and in the newspaper, and then Spider Man's like, "I'm not gonna be Spider Man anymore because people are being mean." Like, so it's always been there to like one extent. It depends on like how much each writer wants to lean into it. And I like that he's such a malleable character, but you always know what J Jonah Jameson's gonna be like. Mm-hmm. It's such a nice thing. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts, my good sir? Um, not at all. Just everyone needs to go find a way to watch The Green Knight. Agreed. Uh, so big thank you to our patrons over on patreon.com forward slash dimecomicbros. 
Wesley Eaton, Jeff Florence, and Business Casual. Thank you guys for keeping the very dim, yellow, warm light bulb on. It's, um, getting, it's making us very warm right now. It is getting kind of warm in here, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, thanks, dudes and duderinos and dudettes and whatevers. Uh, thanks to Jetpack Comics, our, our partnerinos over there. I always say that word a lot. I like sticking Arena on the bottom of things. I don't know why. Um, thanks to Jetpack Comics and Games for uh, hanging out with us and socializing and being cool and whatever. Uh, go give them your money. Buy their comics and their graphic novels and their collectibles and their weird knickknacks. You can pick up Dune over there as well. Yeah, they got a lot of copies of Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're cool. Tell them that we sent you. We have a sticker on the door and a flyer on the corkboard, and mm-hmm. they give out our business card sometimes. Pretty dope. We have a sticker on the door? Yeah. My sent... sticker's on the door? Uh, not that one, the old one. But still. We'll have to cover it up. Sure. I'll, I'll go over and vandalize that door with a new sticker. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Jeez. Um, feel free to send us an email at dimecomicbros at gmail.com if you have any criticism, um, memes, uh, uh, dick pics in memories of Jacob or any uh, messages you would like to pass along to his family. Uh, we will make sure we do that. Um, go visit our website um, over at dimecomicbros.com. I finally finished you that. You finally thing. finished it. A round for, of applause for Spencer. I mean, I need to go like like draw in like red ink to cross off Jacob now, but um, yeah, I finally finished the website. It's been on our business cards for a little while now, but I just got a little behind. Um, use the desktop one. The mobile one's still kind of iffy. I need to work on that, but I did my best in the amount of time I had, but we own the domain now for the next year, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, listen to us on all the different audio platforms and on YouTube. Drop a comment, a like, subscribe, do the interactions. Uh, follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we will be posting an obituary for Jacob pretty soon. Um, once we, you know, get the go-ahead from, uh, his relatives, um, uh, Jacob will be getting a, a nice little, uh, memorial on everything. Dune-inspired, of course. Obviously. Um. Spencer will dress up as the sandworm. I'm already dressed up as a sandworm. So next week, we will be discussing Dark Knight Returns Golden Child, which is the last Frank Miller Dark Knight Universe book. Thank fucking God. Until another one comes out next year. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. We're not talking about it. No, I know. Nothing um, exists after this one. Yes. So we'll be discussing that. Uh, it is a one-shot, so it'll be a, a, a little bit of an easier read for all of us, uh, and it'll be a bit of a briefer discussion. Uh, yeah, listen to that. It'll be fun. I, I do actually sure. want to, I, I look forward to hearing what Colin thinks about this. I have read this one before. You have not. Um, it'll be fun. Okay. Bye. Pee pee poo poo. In my shoe shoe. Pee pee poo poo. Pee pee poo poo. Shoe. Shoe. Cock and ball. Cock and ball torture. Balls. Ball. 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 Cock. 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 Ball. 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 Cock. <laughs> that looks pretty good, actually. That is high as fuck, but yeah. I, well, when we're yelling, yeah, I think we'll but when we're talking, it's fine. So. <sighs> um, I the show. I'm gonna sneeze on your dick!
Okay, so basically, to dumb it down, and I know some of you guys are smart, uh, business casual, but <laughs> first off, it, uh, sex is cringe anyway. So like <laughs> True. to say women are to, cringe. To, to, yeah, <laughs> fucking cringe bots. Am I right? Yeah. Rock paper scissors shoot. Ah, two out of three. You never do two out of three. Oh yeah. Rock paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. Fuck. Gotcha. Ha. Could you stop? That hurts my asshole when I like then fart in don't. here. I don't know why I do idiot. that. Because it uh, doesn't spread oh. your cheeks the same way as when you're sitting, you idiot. Oh, you're right. Thanks. Fuck you.